Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. We are efforting to get Ray Rice, who joins us every Wednesday. Uh, oh, Ray Rice is now. Uh, he, it's amazing. We went from efforting to having him. That's that's the kind of guy Ray Rice is. And, of course, former Ravens running back Ray Rice joins us now. And, Ray, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. So, Ray, I want you to put your player's hat on for a second. The Ravens have had the lead in both home games for all of for all the game except for 14 seconds, yet they're 2-2. Two and two. What's the feeling in the locker room? Well, I know as a player, you always want to remain positive, but you could obviously, you obviously, we're human. And if you don't have any emotion, you know, you kind of, it's kind of like what's going on if you don't have no emotion. Like, like losing is not something you should be in there celebrating, you know. Um, so, you know, it's like no comments, best comment. But if you're going to speak up, be the guys that's going to be, you know, willing to, you know, be on the forefront, you know, when it's time to, you know, go ahead and make these decisions and stuff like that, you know. So you're going to be a soldier, be a soldier. But once you start, you know, speaking out and being that guy on the forefront, you know, you just got to back your words. Well, speaking of that, Ray, that was Marcus Peters with John Harbaugh on Sunday. And it's well known that there was a locker room argument after the Texans game with you guys in 2012. But I think sometimes these things can be productive, right? Yeah, they're not, they're not all bad. Like, they're like, they're just passionate, passionate people, obviously between coach and player, that, you know, everyone on the outside just giving you a full sense of what goes on. Man, there's a lot that goes into this game, man. You know, a lot of sacrifices being made, you know, by coach and players. You know, regardless of difference of opinion, you know, people are going out there and time that's spent between the coaches, investment in the team, not being able to see their families and the guys that's on the front line now that's out there playing that come in, beat and, and bruised up every week. Like, so at, at the end of the day, you're talking about Warriors on both fronts that, quite frankly, they ain't always going to agree, you know, and it's usually the team that, you know, figures it out. And like, that's why I'm taking a positive approach on it, saying I'd rather them be going through this right now than week 14. 
You're absolutely right about that. Hey, Ray, we've been comparing J.K. Dobbins to you. We've been talking to you about it since they drafted him. He finally got to play a home game in front of the fans. Obviously, he seems to be on a pitch count. He scored a couple touchdowns Sunday. What are you seeing so far with J.K.? Oh, man, I actually like the way they're bringing him back. You know, to be honest, it's smart. It's a smart approach. You know, it's definitely a long play. I know he wants more. You know, because I'm I'm only saying that from putting myself in his shoes. I would be like, hey, man, I scored two, man. I, I, I had a little bit more. But when you think about longevity, I think that's something you got to, you know, you got to kind of look at the Ravens and say, like, all right, I got to, here I, here I have a young running back, you know. Just being honest, you got him the same pick, second round, 55th pick, like, he got, he got a lot of lot of time to not just play the game, but if he really plays this out smart, he could be a Baltimore Raven for a long time. You know, he's one of the steals of that draft, and for him for them to be taking care of him the way they're doing, and letting you know how how much how positive they think of him. You know, um, as far as what we want to see as fans, and what he probably wants to go out there and do himself. I mean. But it's it's a long term and it's a long term play there, man. And I think that, you know, you don't get too many long term opportunities at running back. So for the Ravens to be doing this for this kid early on in his career, you know, shows that they really like him. Unfortunately for the Ravens, Justice Hill he suffered that hamstring injury, and John Harbaugh said that it's not serious, but he's going to miss some time. So, Ray, assuming he's out on Sunday, J.K. Dobbins' role could be increased. You have Kenyon Drake, who's been a healthy scratch in the past couple weeks, and Mike Davis. How is Greg Roman going to handle this uh, running back position with uh, Justice Hill being out? You know, the one thing I've been seeing is that, you know, like I said, the game plans have been, like, they've been running some gap schemes. Like, you've seen ISO, you've seen a lot of different things. Like, so, obviously, I think you can't have enough of those guys back there. But I think when you when they threw Kenyon in the lineup, I mean, it was still early. I think he still had time to figure out the offense as well. So, I think, you know, I think he can definitely pick up the pieces. And, I, I mean, I, I'm almost positive. I mean, I would think that Gus is almost headed trending in the right direction. So and Practice today, you know a lot yeah. of these things, a lot of these things just happen to be timing, but I do see J.K. Yes playing a little bit more. Talking to Ray Rice inside access here on the fan. Ray, we'll get back to on the field in a minute. But Jimmy Smith retirement earlier this week, you had a chance. You you were there for that in the building. I uh, saw the pictures. What what was that whole experience like? And just your thoughts on Jimmy and his retirement. Uh man, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's old school. Jimmy's like a hybrid, old school, new school, but, like, it was great to be there. You know, I remember, you know, being on the team and they drafted him. I remember mm-hmm. what was being said about him. And just for, I mean, you get to retire with the team that drafted you. You know, he had a chance to go elsewhere. And through all the ups and downs, like I said, it's one of the things where, you look at the loyalty, and I think Jimmy just embodied the kind of football player, you know, they wanted on that defense, you know, from from the histories of the, you know, Chris McAllister's, the Samari Rolls, you know, and then you get the Jimmy Smiths, 
who were like, if, if you want to call it what it is, he was like a hybrid of both of those two put together. And he fit, he just fit it. And I'm glad that, you know, um, he had a great career in my, in, in the book of, you know, how many seasons he played. I don't like to go on numbers the stats and all that stuff. He stood the test of time and uh-huh. you just look at the maturity level. I mean, you know, it was great to be in the building hats off to him because, uh, we won a Super Bowl together. It's something that I always cherish and say, you know what? You know, it's the one thing in life that, you know, you can't rip away when you got that together. Last thing for you, Ray. Jimmy Smith spoke last year about how John Harbaugh really evolved from a head coach, from being that hard-nosed guy to more of a player's coach. But another area in which he's evolved is – the use of analytics in football, and that's been over the last three years, and analytics were a play uh, on Sunday. He said as much for going for it on fourth down late in that game as opposed to kicking the field goal. So I I just want to get your thoughts on analytics really bleeding into football in a big way in recent years. Yeah, um, I couldn't tell you I'm a fan of it Hmm. because – but I understand where he's coming from. Like, I mean, because I think that, like, when you deal with analytics, you're forgetting about people. Like, who's actually on the team, you know? And I think just the analytics does say a lot, you know? But, I mean, even in basketball, it's there. Like, if they're like, if you don't shoot a three-pointer, like, if they'd rather you shoot a three-pointer rather than a two-pointer in certain situations, right? Like, so I understand it. Like, I get it. It's part of the game. It's something that you should study. But I'm just looking back on it. I'm saying to myself, like, when I was at the game, I watched it. I'm like, yeah, take the three. But then again, I'm looking on, like, I mean, and this is no disrespect to today's defense, but you put our defense out there, we had how many Hall of Famers? Oh, yep. You know, and I'm saying there's no Hall of Famers on that defense right now. But I'm talking about, like, I mean, we had Ray, we had Ed, we had Suggs, we had a Lodi. Like, we, we would rather, like, put the game in their hands because you had five, you had four to five Hall of Famers on that defense. So I don't think there's analytics when you come to that situation. Like, you put, you put it on that defense. But the times have changed. So the one thing I can say about Coach Hard, man, I, I, I don't, I love the aggressiveness, though, like, you know, it, because it gives that narrative, like, if they execute, we're talking about a different situation. Obviously, the ball hasn't rolled in their court. But like I said, I would rather be going through this now, early on in the year, before our bye week, than week 14. Ray, before we let you go, we do have to ask you about this game Sunday night, uh, Ravens, Bengals, Sunday night football, and and will you be there? Yes, I will be there. I've been enjoying going to the games. Man. This has been a great ride. To be honest, it's like I can't wait till Sundays now. I'm not. I'm not wait. I'm not. I don't get as excited as when I got to coach these youth kids. But I love. I love <laughs> the whole environment. Um, the AFC North is shaping up to be shaping out to be something really, you know, really special. Obviously, you know, I, I think it's going to be all the way through. Like you don't know who's going to pull out. Like. Someone's going to pull ahead of the pack. But right now, you just don't know who that team's going to be at this point. And I think that's 
you know, if I'm if I'm going to Baltimore right now and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the division, you know, we can't get too far ahead. The goal, first and foremost, is to win the division. You, if you don't win the division, you can't think about nothing else, right? Or you gotta, yeah. you know, get in the you gotta get in the dance, right? But if you win the division, mm-hmm. you in the dance. So uh, where they are in the division right now, you know, it, it's not a bad spot. So as long as they can continue to, you know, win some games and win the ones in your division, then you definitely have a nice chance in the end. Ray Rice, you're the best, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk next week. Oh, no, I appreciate you always. Yeah, it's inside access. Jason's across the street. He's about to sit down with uh, uh, Michael Elias, GM of the Baltimore Orioles. Might have another guest. We'll, we'll let you know about that tomorrow. But coming up next, Ravens speak to the media today. It's Wednesday. We'll hear some highlights next here on The Fan. Inside access. Sports on demand. The on demand. 1057 The Fan. Yeah, I feel like we got out there and had a good day today. They were into it yesterday. They're into it today. They're focused. Uh, uh, you have to be that way in this league. It's a, it's a, it was a, you know, it's a close loss against a good team. You know, those are going to happen in the National Football League. We've got to, got to win. We got to win some close games. You know, we got to hold on to leads. That's something that we'll obviously be thinking about next time we get in that situation. We practice that, but uh, really, it's just trying to improve every single day, be the best we can be, and go out and compete and fight and let the chips fall. That was John Harbaugh on team moving past the Bills' loss. It's a rough one, T-Bone, as uh, the Ravens, like, like we said earlier when we were talking to Ray Rice, they've lost two games. They trail for 14 seconds in those two games, and yet they're 2-2. Two and two. Calais Campbell said after the Dolphins game, you can't let one loss turn into two. Mm-hmm. You can't dwell on it during the week. You have to move on quickly. And to the Ravens' credit, they bounce back against the Patriots. And they have a divisional opponent here in yeah. Cincinnati. And big, big game. They're motivated for multiple reasons. A, they want to bounce back from the Bills game. But B, this is a team that embarrassed them mm-hmm. twice last year. And the Ravens are on a franchise record, uh, not a record that they won, five straight home losses. And under John Harbaugh, they've been extremely strong at M&T Bank Stadium so they got to come out on Sunday night football, play some inspired football. This is their first AFC North opponent. And let's be honest, Ken, look, the Browns have surprised some being eh. at 2-2. Two and two. Steelers, they're 1-3, and three, and they have a tough next oh. month. Kenny it's, Pickett's going to have a good time. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Cincinnati and Baltimore for the tops in the AFC North, and this is round one. Let's go to Lamar Jackson, and uh, they've lost five straight at home. Lamar, what do you think about that? The, the fans paying their money to, to see us go out there and perform the right way. You know, go out there and get W's for them, um, not just us. So, um, of course, you know, I, I feel some way. I feel some way about that. I feel like the team do too. Yeah, he well, yes. Uh, uh, he's fans do spend money to see them win games, and they've lost five in a row at home. It's it's kind of cool that he said that. But all five of these losses, three of them being last year, of course, when Tyler Huntley uh-huh. was quarterback, but. They've all been down to the wire. And you think of the Dolphins game with 14 seconds left when they scored that touchdown. Steelers game, they lost in overtime. Rams, 57 seconds left touchdown. The Packers game with the missed two-point conversion, of course, the Bills on Sunday. But 
they got to get back to their winning ways yes. at home. And <laughs> that's Captain Obvious right there. But this you, used to be a tough place to play. That's what I'm saying. You could pencil in 6-2, and 7-1 and one yes. every single year at M&T Bank Stadium. And now, who knows, you're already off to an 0-2 start in 2022. Let's hear more from Lamar Jackson. What has prevented the offense from closing out games? I, I wouldn't say what we're not doing. I, I just say we just need to keep putting up points because we're doing that at the beginning of the game. Um, we need to finish drives, if anything, uh, no penalties. Um, I feel like that, that slowed us down a lot this past weekend. Uh, look, the little thing is the little details that, that we're messing up right now, and that's why we're not closing out games. Uh, I, I, I don't want to argue with Lamar Jackson because I'm a huge Lamar Jackson guy, but execution. Like, uh, yeah, like he's trying to say it's not what we're not doing. Well, they're not executing. Execution, I'm glad he said that, but also penalties. And the Ravens, the were the, big. Ravens were the least penalized team through three weeks, and they had nine penalties against the Bills, but it's also execution. We did this during TMI. Jamison Hensley, who covers the Ravens for ESPN, came up with these, uh, or found these numbers, I should say. J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, Mike Davis, King on Drake. They all have 45 yards on the ground through four games mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. That's not good enough. Lamar Jackson, 59.4% completion percentage, zero touchdowns, three picks yeah. in the fourth quarter this year. And we get on the defense, and rightfully so, but the offense isn't executing either. Let's hear uh, from Marlon Humphrey. And, Stoney, let's call an audible cut 37 because this is what I want to hear about, and this is what I'm sure you want to hear about too, T-Bone. Marlon talking about the Peters Harbaugh spat at the end of the Buffalo game. We fight all the time in this building, so I fought with some people in here myself, whether it's staff, whether it's coaches. You know, it's, it's a lot that goes on. This is an emotional game. The thing I love about this building is, it doesn't matter what department you work in, we all want to win on Sunday. And we all think we have a part that goes into winning on Sunday. So there's always a lot of conflict. You know, as long as we can hug it out after, that's all that really matters. And since I've been here, it's never been an argument that's went one, two, three days. It's a emotional there. Tomorrow, hey, how's it going? Love you. Boom. And so I think that's a great way to go. You know, families fight all the time. And uh, the thing about being here is that I really, really love is from the day you walk in, they tell you you can be yourself. And so when you're being yourself, there's a lot of different characteristics. There's a lot of different moods. There's a lot of different emotions. And when that happens, you know, there's a lot of clashes. But if it's all towards the goal of winning, sure, we can get the boxing gloves out, fight it out, and live to see another day. As you know very well, and Jason, who's across the street getting ready to talk to Mike Elias at Camden Yards, the Orioles are playing game two of the doubleheader. Uh, I'm a huge Marcus Peters guy. But Marcus Peters wears his emotions on his sleeve as Jeff Rebeck reported. They went up to him at the in the open locker room portion, and he said, I ain't got nothing for you guys. Uh, but uh, I think that some of this, when we'll see, but I think some of this can be healthy. Absolutely. And we just had Ray Rice on, and it's been well reported since 2012. After that Houston Texans game heading into the bye week, they got their doors blown off against Houston and there was a quote-unquote mutiny in the locker room and then they went in uh went on to win a Super Bowl that year Ken so some of this can be productive and Marlon said everyone in this building wants to win and I would hope that is the fact but Marcus Peters we know the competitor that he is and he's coming off a year in which he didn't play a snap 
And for this defense, for the high-priced secondary, Marlon Humphrey's making a ton of money. Peter's making a yeah. ton of money. Marcus Williams making a ton of money. For them to be ranked 32nd against the pass is unacceptable, and Mar- uh, Marlon Humphrey said as much when he, when he met with the media. Inside access, Jason is at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. He's going to have a sit-down with Mike Elias. That'll be, we'll play that for you tomorrow. But coming up next, our buddy Cordell Woodland. He's putting in double duty, T-Bone. He was there for the Elias press conference earlier. He was at the Ravens for practice today. We'll talk O's and Ravens with Cordell next here on The Fan. Inside, inside access with Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. Jason and Tim sit in the bleachers. Ken sits in his brother's seats behind home plate. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. It's been a busy day for one Cordell Woodland. I, I do want to remind you, we're live here at Pickles Pub. A couple segments left. Jason across the street is sitting down with uh, Mike Elias. I assume right now is he's sitting down with Mike Elias, GM of the Orioles. Maybe something else in store. We shall see, but we'll be playing that for you tomorrow. But joining us now He's our beat reporter for Orioles and Ravens, also hosts Shaking Up Sports, which is on at 6. It's our buddy Cordell Woodland. So, Cordell, you were here for Orioles, and then you went to Ravens, so let's start chronologically, if I can say that word, uh, with the Orioles. Your thoughts on the Elias presser earlier today? Yeah, I thought it was Mike Elias pretty much uh, reassuring us with the same stuff that he said kind of the last time we heard from him. You know, he, he did uh, rave about this team and their season this year, having a winning record, them kind of blowing expectations out the water coming into this season. Um, he, he raved about this number one farm system that they have. They were able to call up two number one prospects this year. Not many teams are able to do that. So, you know, he was he was happy about that. And he also gave kudos to Brandon Hyde, mentioning him, saying that he feels like he should be in the manager uh, of the year competition. So I think uh, Michael Lai has definitely talked about how happy he is with this team and also kind of doubled down or maybe even tripled down at this point about his goals going into the offseason and his expectation of trying to continuously improve this team and ultimately make them a contender while it's good that they are uh, better than they were these last few years, especially the last, what, four or five years now. Uh, yeah. And having a winning record, he, you know, he's definitely still reminded everybody that, you know, just getting a winning record is not the goal. They don't want to settle for being fourth in the American League East. Ultimately, they want to be at the top of this division and maybe even the top of the league. Well, Cordell, he also talked about extending pre-arbitration eligible mm-hmm. players. And reading between the lines, he's talking about an Adley Rutschman, maybe a Gunner Henderson. Do you see Elias and the Orioles being aggressive and trying to extend one or both of those guys? I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm not against it for either of these guys. I think it's you know a, cl- a clear thing to see right now that both of these guys are the pillars of this team going forward. Adley has been nothing short of as advertised to this point, uh, it's clear that the team was a had a noticeable difference once Adley joined the club. What May twenty first uh, on the back end of May, so I think it's clear that this is a guy that you can trust going forward. This is clear. I mean, Adley's the face of the rebuild, you know, and he has made Elias look like a very smart man. And Gunnar yes. Henderson, same same thing for him, and you know, he's kind of blown expectations out the water to, for for. 
for Mike Elias to get both Gunner and Adley in the same draft is such a home run for this franchise. And I think uh, it, it's almost a no-brainer in my mind to kind of get these guys locked up as soon as you possibly can because you just never know. But you did hear Mike Elias in that cut uh, that you – I'm assuming you guys played it earlier yeah. where he says, you know, it takes two to tango. So we'll see. You know, he's right about that. Maybe the other guys aren't as – their agents aren't overly optimistic to get it done right now, but I think at some point they are going to have to sit at the table and at least have a discussion about this. Cordell, I'm glad you mentioned you threw Gunner in there too because uh, if I'm the Orioles, I'm aggressively pursuing something with both of them. Yeah. And maybe you get one of them done now and, may, and hopefully you get one later, but it doesn't hurt to talk to both of them. Not at all. Not at all. I, like I said, I, I think it's clear that both of these guys are going to be the pillars of the team going forward. And, you know, Ad- Adley – kind of was almost like the no-brainer guy as we're waiting for him to come up through the minor league system. But Gunner, I, I don't think Gunner was always this, but once he turned mm-hmm. into this and then, you you know, uh, once uh, yeah. he got up to the AA and AAA level and, and then you see him do this at the major league level, it's like, man, we, we really knocked this one out the park. So, I'm I'm a big time Gunnar Henderson fan. I'm on record for saying, yep. man, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns out to be like the one A and Adley's the one B on this team. But either way, you you have two guys, two young guys that you now have in this organization uh, that you can kind of build around going for. And just as optimist, just as vocal as I want to be about them trying to get a long term deal done with Adley, I feel the exact same way about Gunnar. We're speaking to Cordell Woodland, O's Ravens beat reporter, also host of Shaking Up Sports. You can hear him 6-10 to 10 tonight. And Cordell switching gears to the Ravens, the big news to come out of practice today. Gus Edwards practicing for the first time this season. How did he look? I thought, look, I thought Gus looked good. You know, I, I saw him have a couple of carries uh, out there. You know, nobody's going 100%, but you can kind of tell. When J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. came back, from practice, you could kind of see he had a little bit of a noticeable limp to him. I didn't see that with Gus Edwards. I can I can say that definitively. Um, I don't think Gus has the burst that necessarily he's going to have once he gets back to 100% or even close to 100%. But I, I have to say going into today, my expectations weren't crazy high. But he definitely surpassed the, the low expectations I had for him today. Definitely a good sign. Not sure exactly when we'll get to see him on the field, but I definitely think today was a, a big step in the right direction. Ronnie Stanley back at practice. Patrick McCarry back at practice. Is, is this the week we see Stanley at left tackle, and could we see McCarry at left guard? I'm starting to think – I mean – Come, it's got to be at least for Stanley. At least for Stanley. If not now, then when? I'm honestly you nailed it last week. Yeah. I, if not now, then when? I wasn't as. I, I, I will say I'm. A, I'm a little more optimistic about it this week than I was last week. I can say that. Um, and I don't even have any real definitive reason as to why. I think yeah. it's more so like the 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 time is running out. It's it's running out. Like if you're not going to come back this week. I just don't know what's the difference at this point. What's the difference between this week and next week at MetLife? That's kind of where I sit right now at, at, with the Stanley situation. We'll see what happens this going forward this uh, week in practice, see if he can put together uh, the, the full week that I, I would imagine he would need to have in, in order to get on the field. But I'm kind of at this point like, man, if it's not going to be this week, I, I'm going to have serious questions as to when, if ever, we'll see him again uh, this season, but yeah, if Makari's able to play, 
I'm all for Makari getting slid in into that left left guard spot. I, I I think that's an instant upgrade. If they can get Stanley and Makari to kind of shore up the left side of that offensive line, we, we may be cooking a little bit. Bengals coming to M&T Bank Stadium Sunday night football. Last time, Bengals were in Baltimore. You might as well have put traffic cones out there to yeah. defend Jamar Chase because he was just running all over the place. Marlon Humphrey talking about the Ravens' 32nd-ranked pass defense. They got to be able to fare better against them this year, Cordell, right? You would hope so. I mean, they've got all their guys back this week. It's not just Marlin out there. They've got Peters out there. They've got a little more speed in that uh, slot spot now with, with Pepe Williams out there as well. Um, they, they match up a lot better this year than they did last year against the Bengals. Marcus Williams over the top. Chuck Clark is still there. And even Kyle Hamilton, if he can be in the right yeah. spot, if you know, uh, he, he can be an asset for you. But it's, no, it's without a doubt this secondary is light years better than what it was last year when the Bengals played them. Unfortunately, even with all these guys back, the Ravens still haven't been able to stop a nosebleed. So that's concerning for me. It's good that they are more healthier than they were last year, but it's Thought, I mean, it's looked a little like the same product. Now, albeit they are forcing turnovers right now, that's the good thing. Joe Burrow has had his issues with the turnovers at certain points this season. But the Bengals are winning, are winners of two straight now. It looks like they're starting to figure it out. Ravens are kind of still a little woozy, I think, from the Bills' loss and the Dolphins' loss at home. The Ravens have a lot of pressure on themselves coming into this game, I think more than the Bengals do, because the Ravens have to not only show that they can win at home, but they have to show that they can close out a good opponent. And uh, I I think it'll be key. And Harbs kind of alluded to it today. You know, he kind of mentioned that if it it may pop up in their minds, if they get a lead, you know, can they close it out? And I, I really think it'll be a it's, a it's a big mental hurdle for the. And I think that they are mentally tough, but I do think it'll be a mental hurdle to see if they can kind of get over this little stigma that they're going through right now of blowing big time leads and not being able to close guys out at home. If they get in that similar situation Sunday night against the Bengals, we'll see how they respond. But you would hope it is it'll be better than what it was the first two home games. Cordell, two-part final question. First part is football-related, and that is are you confident Bateman's playing Sunday? And then what do you have on the show tonight? Bateman is a little tricky. I, I don't really have a pulse on that one just yet, to be honest with you. Him not practicing today doesn't bode well for his case. Um, if I had to if I had to pick right now, simply with him not practicing today, I would say he doesn't. He hasn't historically been a guy that – misses days throughout the week and then still ends up getting out there, you know, but we'll see, you know, it's not like they have a laundry list of receivers that they can kind of throw out there. If he doesn't play good, you'll see more James Prochet finally, you know, we'll see what he can do. Yeah, maybe, who knows? Maybe he, even he'll get skipped over again. Who knows? Uh, But you would imagine if Bateman doesn't play, you'll see more Prochet. Uh, as far as the show tonight, I got Kim McCusick coming on, do a film study uh, breakdown. Got a ton of guests tonight, actually. We are starting off with Kim McCusick at 7. Uh, at 8 o'clock, I got my guy Ryan McFadden from Baltimore Sun, who covers the Terps and the uh, Ravens. We'll talk both teams with him. Kevin Ostriker from Locked on, Ravens, Locked on Ravens podcast. We'll talk some Ravens with him. 9 o'clock hour, we're jam-packed with Samantha uh, Previtt, who's a fantasy football lady who's uh, from the West Coast. She does a great job. I had her on last week. She was phenomenal. Definitely knew her stuff. I got Andy Koska, 
from the Baltimore Sun to kind of put a bow on this Orioles season. And we wrap it up at 930 with Eric Moody, who's a, also another fantasy guy from ESPN. I'm big into fantasy, so, yeah. you know, I'm in like five fantasy leagues this year. So I really depend on a lot of my fantasy guests to kind of help me out. Cordell, our mistake for forgetting this. Yeah. Your thoughts on Blake Bortles retiring. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> it's about time. It's about Blake time. Blake is, repo- uh, is retiring today. Cole Beasley retired today as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, good riddance to Blake Bortles. I mean, I don't, I don't have Damn. any ill will to, towards Blake Bortles, but it's Blake Bortles. I mean, what am I? What could I possibly <laughs> say about Blake Bortles at this point? He had the one good year in Jacksonville, though, where it looks like where it looked like Jacksonville was going to make some noise, and yeah, got to the AFC Championship before fizzling out, but. You know, with another quarterback that was probably drafted too high that's now retiring from the league. Cordell Woodland, you'll catch him at six here on the fan. Cordell, awesome as always, man. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Coming up next, we will update you on a bunch of polls and then get the text today and then get out of here and make way for Cordell at six here on the fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on the fan. Inside the warehouse and inside the castle. Inside Access with Jason LaConfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan. Doubles by Jesus Aguilar and Kyle Stowers and the Orioles and Blue Jays are tied 1-1 in the sixth. Uh, Gunnar Henderson pinch hitting now trying to drive in the lead run. But we got a bunch of polls, T-Bone, so for polls we go to you. These polls and every poll brought to you by Ortho Maryland. They're here when you need them, offering urgent walk-in care. Same-day appointments. Don't wait in an ER or urgent care. Go straight to the experts at Ortho Maryland. Stop us if you've heard this before, but the Ravens don't have much in terms of proven, dependable pass catchers besides Mark Andrews. And when he gets shut down, well, so we ask you, Ravens flock, does Lamar have enough weapons? No, 50.7%. Yes, 29.5%, 29.5%, not even friggin' close, 19.8%. So only 29% thinks they do have enough weapons. So I'm surprised. I, I voted no. Uh, I did not vote not even close. I think Jason voted not even close. He can't speak for himself because he's across the street. But We'll speak for him. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure he wrote not even close. I, I'm higher on Bateman than he is. No, and I am too. I, I still think he's going to get over a thousand yards. Maybe not as high as you think, but right, still I think Bateman is definitely a good player, and he'll get better as the year goes on. He only played his sixteenth game yesterday. Have you seen it? Follows. Oh, I have. <laughs> if so, what did you think? Good, twenty-eight percent. Great, twenty-six point one percent. Meh. 23.6%, and it sucked 223 So the majority yeah. think it's good or better. Well, it was pretty even. I voted it sucked. Uh, it was one of the worst moves I've ever seen. <laughs> I only finished it because of the assignment. Um, uh, yeah, I would have quit it uh, about 25 minutes in, if not for the fact that it was an assignment. And it never there was never a payoff for me. I probably watched it three or four times. Which is I'm not bragging times, about yeah. that. No, you are bragging. I, mainly because... I said to my friends, hey, there's this movie. It has 95% of Rotten Tomatoes. I don't see it, but what do you think? And they all agree with me. It's not terrible, it's but terrible. It, it's not great. It's terrible. I'd say good or meh. Uh, Simple question. Is Michigan State a blue blood football program? No way. Duh. 78.4% yes. Dumb. 
21.6%. I mean, your I'm argument su- with Jason yeah. kind of uh, – Yeah, I'm surprised 21% that it's a blue blood football program. And I do like how Jason – constantly couched his argument and yeah. then tried to change the he argument did. to athletic department, which was not his original argument. I wish he was here, but the fact that he's not means I can get a word yeah, in we'll, we'll speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll speak. Yeah. He's not interrupting me <laughs> so where he constantly changes his argument. We're yelling. You know. yeah. Simple question for you, Birdland. Should Jorge Mateo be the Orioles' opening day shortstop in 2023? 69.8%. Yup. 30.2%. Nope. You have 21 hours. IA 1057. The fan is how you find us on Twitter. Yeah, I'm fine. Unless they go get an outside guy, and my guy Carlos Correa, of the options that are here, I'm okay with that. No, I'm absolutely fine if you tell me right now, October 5th, he's starting opening day 2023. That being said, you get a Correa or an upgrade in any way, and he's a super utility. Yes, you're going to take that. Let's get the text of the day, Stone. Check one, two, check. Okay. Just like our very own Ken Wyman, text of the day is driven by Oarsman Chevrolet of Baltimore. Oarsman, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram of Dundalk, home of the Oarsman Promise Lifetime Vehicle Coverage. You know, guys, obviously we've been talking about it all day. Today's the last Orioles game of the season. And today's text, hopefully it's the last time we ever see Rugnet Odor, Jesus Aguilar, and Robin Centrinos taken at bat as an Oriole. Oh, you! this is it. This that's is a 100% Stone Cold Yeah, that's a Stone Cold 100%. Lock. You're not seeing any of those guys ever again. I can guarantee that. T-Bone, what's on the show tomorrow? Oh, gosh. Tomorrow we have... Lucy Burge. Y'all, the Burge. We do have Lucy Burge. We have, bringing it up right now. We have a bunch of stuff, we? Don't do we do have a, we got Brian Balding. Oh, Baldy. Come on, man. We got Joe Daneman from oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. He's a sports director down there for one of their local stations. Jim Hunter, part of our oh. Baltimore baseball tonight coverage. We can wrap up the Orioles season with Jim. And we're also going to play back, uh, uh, Jason's interview yeah. with Michael Ives. Uh, remember, in case you missed anything, go to the Odyssey app, download it. It's free. It works with both Android, uh, whatever it's, Android Play, Apple Play in your car. Google you can, Play. Yeah, you can listen both to Both of them. 24 hours after the show, you still can listen to the show. So make sure you download the Odyssey app. Cordell Woodland is next. Thanks to the fine people at Pickles all year. They have been fantastic. You're listening to 105.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.